airport tourism. Yes, airports are opening up their terminals to tourists who just want to come and hang out at the airport. A man vandalizes a church and eats the famous church tamales. And pornography consumption increases unethical behavior at the workplace, say researchers. These are the weird stories for Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? This week's flying by. Yeah, tomorrow's 4th of July. This is Weird AF News. I'm your host, Jonesy. This is the only weird news podcast recorded five days a week, y'all. Will Jonesy do a July 4th episode? Hmm, that's for me to know and you to find out. Hey, let's get into the stories today, though. They're pretty weird. I like them. Airports open up terminals to tourists who just want to come and hang out. Chuck Huey braves security lines at Pittsburgh International Airport at least once a week. He doesn't do this to catch a flight. He does it to get an ice cream cone or cruise around a few of the concourses. Is he nuts? <laughs> In my opinion, yes. The article says, no, he's not nuts. He will tell you. He and three-year-old Cleo spend quality time there. I guess that's his grandson. Riding the trams between the terminals and gliding along the moving walkways. It's so convenient, so safe, and so secure, says Mr. Huey, who's a 72-year-old retired school superintendent. He visited Pittsburgh International Airport a few times on what's called a non-traveler pass. His grandson just loves to look out the big picture window and have a bottle of milk from Dunkin' Donuts, sit there and watch the airplanes coming and going and the baggage carriers loading up the planes. It's a great time. We have a great time. Well, Mr. Huey's just taking advantage of a new phenomenon, apparently, that I never heard about. It's called terminal tourism. Terminal tourism. Sounds like tourism that ends in death, right? If it's terminal These are programs apparently adopted or being considered by a number of airports to allow people beyond security checkpoints so they can meet arriving relatives or just, you know, hang out. Yeah, hang out at the airport. (laughs) Pay way too much for a coffee and uh, watch people throw bags onto a plane. What What is wrong with you? Really? Are you that bored? You're going to go pay... $80 $80 for a sandwich. <laughs> Watch some planes take off. I mean, come on. And by the way, we got security issues as it is. What are we going to, the lines are going to be longer now because I got people that want to go in there and get a, you know, get a pastry and watch the bags be unloaded. The line is long enough for those of us trying to get on and actually travel on a plane. Gonna have a bunch of tourists in line now, too? Oh, man, this is a bad idea. Of course, the airports see it as a potential moneymaker. Yeah, obviously. Officials with the facilities in Atlanta and Detroit figure they might see additional revenue from parking and concessions. A survey of visitors during Seattle-Tacoma's trial, I guess they're trying it out up there, showed that people stayed an average two and a half hours. That's the other thing, the parking. I mean, the parking is a bitch. Airport traffic is a bitch. Is this just going to increase that? Why would you go to an airport for a good time? The airport is a bad time. It's a stressful time. 
You don't go there and chill out with your granddaughter. Well, Chief Executive Officer Christina Casotis at Pittsburgh International Airport says whenever she does a speaking engagement, she's asked questions. And in the top five questions is always, why can't we just go back to the airport and see what's going on out there? Really? People ask you this question, Christina? People are like, you know, hey, can we just go hang out at the airport? I want to go see what's going on over there. Who doesn't know what's going on over there at an airport, by the way? You don't know what's going on with some mystery? What, what, what happens at that place? I'd love to see it. I wonder, geez. Let's go in there and pay $12 for a magazine. Of course, terminal tourists must have background checks ahead of time and go through the usual TSA security screenings. Again, making the lines longer. <laughs> Pittsburgh doesn't limit the number of passes. Between 50 and 100 people use them daily. In Tampa, 100 non-travelers allowed in on Saturdays to the airport. Yeah, the busiest day of travel. Let, let, let a bunch of people who aren't traveling in there. Great idea. The available slots are fully booked through July and August. You've got to be out of your mind. Are you bored? How bored are you that you go to the airport for a good time? I just, I can't wrap my head around this. I can't. And you know what's ridiculous is like these airports are going to embrace this because it's like more money. They see it as more money and they're going to spend time and energy on building more breweries and like seafood restaurants and making the airport like trying to make it like a mall or something instead of pouring their energy into making the whole traveling experience be quick and easy. They're not going to do that. There's no money in that. Now they're going to try and sell fried clams. To people who aren't even traveling. Hey, come to the airport. We have a Best Buy. <laughs> this makes me so mad, obviously. In Tampa, says somebody affiliated with the airline business, it's been tremendously popular visiting the airport. The airport tourism. You know, not only with people who want to come out to our shops and our restaurants, but people who come out to do plane spotting. Plane spotting. Listen, I got one. I got. Um, I got something to say to you. If plane spotting is your thing, here it is. Get a life. Get a life. Seriously. Don't hold up my security line for your plane spotting. Watch some YouTube videos of planes taking off. <laughs> Go park somewhere outside the airport. Watch it from your car. Drink a nice coffee. Have a good time. Don't crowd up my airports because you're so bored. <laughs> I can't believe this happens. I can't believe I'm addressing this. Unbelievable. If you love the airport so bad, so much, get a job there. Work in baggage. Sweep up the joint. Become a, a security person. Help the line move a little bit quicker. <laughs> All right, I got to stop. My blood pressure is going through the roof. A man breaks into St. Augustine's church, eats the famous St. Augustine tamales, relaxes, and leaves six hours later. A man who broke into a church office in Lamont used a microwave to warm up and nosh on homemade tamales, then apparently relaxed for a few hours before ransacking the office and stealing TVs and phones.
This is near Bakersfield, California. Is nothing sacred? Asked Lionel Martinez, a former Lamont resident. This man spent several hours in there. He left a mess all over the desk. <laughs> he left cornmeal coating all over the place. You know, the cornmeal that covers the tamales? <laughs> How dare he eat this St. Augustine tamales? What is with this church and tamales? This is what made me want to get into the article. It's, I'm very curious about this. <laughs> Security footage shows a man entered the church about midnight on Sunday. And he stayed until about 6.30 in the morning. The video shows that he had a very nice breakfast. He stole some candy and some juice. He, he even took a nice nap. The sheriff's office is investigating the incident. This church tamale break-in thief. Mr. Martinez says the surveillance video shows what appears to be a Hispanic man entering and leaving the church. Martinez is very concerned. This is not a wealthy parish, and he hopes that surrounding communities will come to the aid of St. Augustine. He's very incensed by the burglar's casual breakfast. For years, St. Augustine's church has sold tamales as a fundraiser. They have a, they have a reputation for making the best tamales, and they are. They are the best, Martinez said. These are tamales that you judge all other tamales by. The best tamales. They are as good as as the tamales made my, by my grandmother. <laughs> and for this person to break in, enter and dine on those Mexican delicacies made with love and hard work by members of our church, well, it rubs me the wrong way. Even the tamales aren't sacred? What is this world coming to? Martinez said. I agree, to Martinez. Tamales should be sacred. These must have been some damn good tamales. I mean, they sound amazing. Martinez describes them as the greatest tamales on earth. And I, I don't know if I had, if I happen to be around these tamales, I don't know if I could resist. I'm not trying to defend the vandal, but I mean, they sound like some great tamales, right? I mean, how do you leave without trying one or two? This makes me want to drive to Bakersfield and try some tamales. I actually have to go there. What is it? The 13th? I have a show there the 13th. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe I'll stay overnight and Sunday morning go to the church and get some tamales. Be like, I heard about your tamales, guys. <laughs> I've driven all the way from Los Angeles to have some tamales. You know, I got to say, I've done a lot of stories about burglaries that just, you know, the burglars kind of go nowhere. They like break in to take a nap or they break in and do the dishes. There's been a lot of that going on. I think we're just dealing with people who are just they're just on drugs and they're bored. They're like, hey, well, let me break into a house and like run the bath. Maybe maybe Swiffer the floor for them. <laughs> I think we need to we need to open up like jungle gyms for people on meth. <laughs> go to the meth jungle gym. Oh, you got all that energy? Yeah, just go to the jungle gym. Work get a get a nice workout in. You could put a put a police officer or two there just to make sure they don't go bananas. Give him something to do. Or just like, you know what you do? You put that hard hat on them and the fluorescent vest and you put them to work for the city, picking up trash or something. 
Get a bunch of meth heads picking up trash. It's a great idea. <laughs> then they can send it to Asia. No, that's a bad idea. Yay! Watching porn at work increases unethical behavior at work. Ooh, some genius scientist just pointed out the obvious. The article begins by saying employees who view pornography are not only costing companies millions of dollars in wasted time, they are also causing harm to the company, according to new research published in the Journal of Business Ethics. <laughs> what a waste of a study. Thanks, Journal of Business Ethics. While wow, watching pornography at work is uh, bad for the workplace? Wow. The new study discovers that viewing pornography at work increases unethical behavior. What does that even mean? You then go on to steal from the workplace after you watch porn? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, in the mo I'm not in the mood for stealing or doing anything after I watch porn. It's like nap time. <laughs> I want to eat a, a bowl of dates and go to sleep. Bowl of dates? That's weird, Jonesy. I know. Given unethical employee behavior is connected with several negative organizational outcomes such as fraud and collusion, employee pornography consumption is putting organizations at risk. They're linking porn consumption with uh, fraud, apparently. One of the co-authors of some woman who's wasted tons of money named Melissa, uh, she says that Mostly, pornography is framed as an issue affecting only individuals and relationships outside a business context. However, businesses are made up of people, and people make decisions. And businesses function off the choices people make when there is a societal phenomenon that a lot of people are participating in, and it negatively impacts individuals' decisions that has the potential to impact organizational-level outcomes. Wow, a lot of big words. She's got to use big words because the study itself is useless. So she has to make it sound as though this is actually helping out. So let's put some big words in there and confuse everybody. Make everybody think that we did a, a really good study. I guess she's basically saying, you know, pornography is usually like considered an individual problem. But no, it's a problem for the organization. No shit, Dick Tracy. They're watching porn at the workplace. Obviously, that's bad for the workplace. You don't get paid to watch porn, last I checked. <laughs> so whatever hourly rate you're getting... If you're spending, you know, a fifth of that time watching porn, that means you're stealing a fifth of, of your rate from your organization. In the research, the investigators included an experiment with 200 participants. Ooh, what happened? Put them in a cubicle with some lube. <laughs> 200 participants in a nationally representative survey of a thousand other individuals. In the experiment, they tasked one group with recalling and recording their last experience viewing pornography. Viewing pornography. The team preferred not to expose partakers directly to pornography due to ethical concerns and concerns of selection and demand effect. I don't even understand what this is. I do know this, though, that when you're using surveys about porn as the basis of your study on porn, this isn't scientific at all. It's just not. People aren't honest about when they when they watch porn? You think people are... Some are. Most of them aren't. You think everyone's going to tell you, oh yeah, I watched porn at work last week? Hell no. Hey, can we take all this research money that's really just going to waste and, I don't know, take care. use it to take care of the trash that's obviously being sent to Asia? 
unnecessarily? <laughs> like, what is wrong? Let me tell you something. I've never watched porn at work, but then again, uh, I just, my, I, I love my jobs so much. Like, that's, like, I'm very lucky. Like, the things that I do, acting, hosting, I've been paid to produce, I've been paid to write, I've been paid to do stand-up comedy, I've been paid to play music. I've always loved the things that I do, so I never, I never feel like I need to whip out my phone and whip out my... But I remember the days when I worked in a cubicle. That was before smartphones, though, really, for the most part. So I didn't really have an opportunity to, like, go in the bathroom and whip out my phone and watch porn. That wasn't... I probably would have. Instead, I, you know, I had sex at work. (laughs) I had actual sex at work. (laughs) Found ways to make it happen. Oh, you know, just the old, you know, blowjob in the handicapped bathroom. Wow, what's wrong with that? That was definitely on the company dime. So, yeah, that was bad for... That was unethical behavior at the workplace as well, I'd imagine. (laughs) You know, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what Google's doing, but, you know, they should have... They should have, you know, masturbation time. I know that place, they let you they let you take a nap and drink beers and stuff. Facebook and Google. I wonder if they got like a jerk-off room or something where you can just go, uh, you know, go and take care of your whatever, you know. Because it, it lowers stress. Afterward, you're like, ah, there we go. What was I so angry about earlier? And that could be productive at the workplace. So what about that? The study probably doesn't mention that. I'm going to do my own study. People that masturbate before they go into work uh, typically don't steal from the company and get along with everybody. What about that study? Where, where's my $1.5 million for that study? How about that? <laughs> of course, I'll have to do that study from home. My home being Fiji. <laughs> Thanks for the money. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. People should be allowed to watch some porn at some point in the day if they feel like very stressed. Jobs are very stressful. And you can't be productive when you're overly stressed. Hence, why places like Facebook, have a, they have a bar. They know that people need to sometimes just go get a shot. Give me some tequila and I'll go back to the computer. Okay? I needed that. Ah, thank you. So what about a pornography room? Watch a little pornography, then go back to work. Great. Or, you know, you, you, go to, you do the pornography room, followed by a shot, followed by a, the nap room. And then when you wake up, bam, you're ready to, like, have increased production. What about a study on that? No, I'm not in charge of nothing. <laughs> I'm back in civilization, guys. It's good to be here. Recording Weird AF News back in my studio. Meaning on the floor of my bedroom in my... Crappy apartment. (laughs) We had a nice little trip up into the mountains. Have you been to the Eastern Sierras? There's some weird shit out there. I visited some weird places and made a video. Uh, Well, I haven't edited it yet, but it will be edited and it'll be up on the Patreon. Along with the bonus episode that I'm recording today with my comedian friend Dave, which will actually a different Dave, not Dave Neal, Dave Rankin. Different comedian that who has the name Dave. 
That'll be up there. Check out patreon.com slash weirdafnews for extras. You know what I'm saying? Extras. I want to give a shout out to Jason Lampro. He's a good guy. He runs the Mixed Media Forest podcast. He's featured my podcast on there. He wrote me, Jonesy, I loved your Alligators Everywhere song so much that I recorded it and turned it into my ringtone. It makes it hard to answer because I just want to stop and sing along. Great stuff, my man. Yes, Jason. Appreciate that. I love that song. I should record it again, but like in a better setting, like a more professional version of it. And maybe add to it. Because right now I just have like four verses, but I could write like ten more. It's no problem. I improv that song right on the spot, by the way. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the Friday episode. The last three or four Friday episodes, I've actually posted that song, Alligators Everywhere, because I feel like that encompasses what Florida is all about. Alligators are everywhere and no one cares. That's Florida in a nutshell for you. Although I guess we could change the song to Alligators Everywhere and the Alligators are on crack. Yeah. (laughs) And nobody cares. You know what? I might just have to turn that into a professional MP3 recording and offer that on the Patreon. That'd be pretty cool. Um, meanwhile, if you just email me, I'll send it to you as an MP3. Funnyjones at gmail.com. You can also see me on Instagram at funnyjones. I, I made some great videos and photos of me traveling uh, in the mountains, in the desert yesterday and the day before. Uh, so follow me on there. On Twitter, it's at funnyjones. On Facebook, it's Comedian Jonesy. You can call the show anytime. If any of my stories really lit a fuse under your ass and you want to just express yourself. Express yourself. Who sang that? En Vogue? Uh, Come on and work your body. Call 646-450-2012. Call me up and be like, hey, Jonesy, what's your address? I'm going to send you coffee. Please, please do that. Hey, Jonesy, what's your address? I'm going to send you a gift. Hey, Jonesy, what's your PayPal so I could send you some money? Oh, that's easy. It's funnyjones at gmail.com. Oh, yeah.